everybody. This is the West Side of Home podcast, and I'm Dave Steimers with you. You want to talk about the apocalypse? Everybody wants to talk about the apocalypse. It is like so exciting to think about it. The end of the world. And when it comes to Bible topics, it's one of those ones that uh, grabs people's attention all the time. The apocalypse and some people, not everybody, but some people get really excited about digging into books of the Bible like Revelation that are very prophetic and apocalyptic. And it comes around, especially you start hearing a lot about it uh, when there are major crises in the world. I've been talking about that all week since Sunday, um, talking about our, our crises are seasonal, but Christ is constant. And uh, on Tuesday on the podcast, uh, we dove a little bit more into that, making sure that your season doesn't become a sentence. And today I want to share with you something else that I picked up when I was researching um, for that sermon on Sunday and talk a little bit about apocalyptic literature in the Bible. Again, it grabs people's attention. And a lot of the reasons why is because when things aren't going so well, a lot of times people think, oh, this is in the Bible. Like this was a prophecy from the book of Revelation. We're living in those times. Or we start thinking, maybe this is the end of the world. Maybe everything is finally coming to a conclusion. All those bad things that are happening around us are signs that Jesus is coming back and it's the end of the world. And uh, again, that's really popular and really happens every time that there's a major crisis. People think this is the end. This is it. Um, I'll tell you a couple of things about apocalyptic literature in the Bible. One of them is, and this is one of the first things they teach you. If you go to seminary or a Bible college or something, and you're taking a course on interpretation, you're talking about apocalypse. I had a professor who said um, the prophetic teachings and sometimes the apocalyptic teachings in the Bible are more about foretelling than foretelling. So we get excited because we think the Bible foretells the future. And now maybe I'm living in those future times that they foretell. And uh, we're, we're going through these end time prophecies and we start trying to match up things in the, the Bible to what's happening to today. But what we find out is that the prophet's job uh, or these visionary uh, mystic people like John who wrote Revelation, who has this, he has this vision of the heavenly realm, are much more interested in giving people hope for what they're going through today to hold on into the future. So some of those things are uh, relating uh, future events. And, and some of the time, although it's not very much of the time, there's talk about kind of the ultimate end, whatever that might be. And we can talk about that another time. But much more often, what's being talked about in apocalyptic literature is what's going on when the writers were writing. And uh, this is debatable and people disagree with me on this. But the book of Revelation, my opinion is that the vast majority of it had already happened. It's already happened in the first century. And John, who wrote that apocalypse, was writing about what was happening, the persecution, uh, the govern governing empire of the day, the Roman Empire that was violently persecuting Christians. And that was happening right then and there. And he was describing a spiritual reality that he was seeing that's behind some of the physical realities in the world. And so until you get to the last couple of chapters, which in my opinion, um, which talk about the future, he's really talking about what those Christians are enduring right at that moment. So when we think of apocalypse, most of us think about the end of the world. We have movies that are apocalyptic. Uh, what does it look like when um, basically when the world blows up or when most of humanity is destroyed and then, you know, we use our imaginations to make up movies or books or whatever. 
But apocalyptic, the actual word, means to uncover or to reveal. So Revelation, the book of Revelation in the Bible, is just that. It's a revelation. It's an uncovering of something that we can't see, which is mostly a spiritual reality that accompanies uh, our seen reality. So what we use that for, what we use apocalyptic literature, is usually for people who are suffering, people who are struggling, to give them hope and encouragement to keep going. It is to remind them that God is in charge and that whatever's happening now, in the end, God will bring things like justice and healing and re- reconciliation to the world. And that's where uh, Revelation ends in the last couple of chapters, after God does away with all the injustice and all the evil and uh, brings Uh, the new heavens and the new earth. He restores all of creation, the entire universe. Wonderful, beautiful thing. So I was doing some research for, uh, like I told you, Sunday's message, and we were talking about uh, how Christ holds everything together. And I found this poem that a lot of commentators call apocalyptic, written by William Butler Yeats, who was an Irish poet, incredible poet, Um, lived in Ireland, and he wrote this poem that came out just after the end of World War I. And this was a time where people are dealing with the, the out, you know, the, the uh, outworking of, of a huge, massive war and some really tough times in uh, Ireland. And there was a a flu pandemic. And for Yates, his, his wife, who was pregnant, actually got it and almost died. And he writes this Uh, poem. And I'm just going to read to you about half of it. It says, turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming... And that's the title of the poem, The Second Coming. And he uses all this Christian terminology. Uh, He had grown up in a Christian context, but had walked away from his Christianity to write this apocalypse and to talk about uh, this this time, oh, the second coming. But the rest of the poem talks about basically a beast that shows up and he talks about it slouching towards Bethlehem to be born. In other words, his apocalypse is talking about how tough times are here and they're only going to get worse. Right, you heard about it. the The falcon cannot hear the falconer, or we're losing uh, our grip on our morality or our connection with God. People debate exactly what he's talking about. Then he says, "Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Things are unraveling. Chaos is coming." And uh, again, he goes on in the rest of that poem. You can Google it, and you can find it everywhere. Um, but a nightmare is coming. It's just getting worse and worse. Chaos is taking over, and it's apocalyptic. But it's just this kind of scary, hopeless um, end that is sort of nearing as things get worse and worse. What caught my attention, because we were talking on Sunday about uh, in all things, all things hold together in Christ is what we were talking about. And uh, there's this famous line that we just read in Yeats' poem where he says, things fall apart, the center cannot hold that in his apocalyptic poem, things can't hold together. They're falling apart. But in the scriptures, what we find is the apocalyptic literature, again, what I said before, is that it is there to build hope that this is, when when things are going tough, this is not the end. This is not uh, in the end 
what is going to win out, but God's goodness, God's grace will overcome all that is happening right now. And we need to be reminded of that in the tough situations that we're in. So then I think of um, this line in Revelation, the book of Revelation, which again is John. And John is having a, a vision and he's seeing a spiritual reality behind the events that he is trying to describe. And here's what he says uh, about the center. He's seeing this uh, heavenly throne and there's all these crazy creatures around and he's trying to write it down and make some sense of it. And in Revelation chapter five, verse six, he says, then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. So this caught my attention because for Yates, when he sees the chaos, things fall apart. The center cannot hold. For John, when he sees this heavenly vision and he sees uh, these incredible angelic beings and the throne standing at the center, right in the center of everything, is a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing. Do you know what lambs who had been slain do not do? Stand. What an incredible, incredible picture. The imagery of the Lamb of God, Jesus. The one who had been slain, crucified, killed, standing. The one who had died, alive. The one who had been conquered, conquering. The one who had been ruled out, now ruling. The lamb who looked as though he had been slain, standing in the center of everything. And there's a lot in Revelation of uh, what that means and and all the things that are going on and so much imagery and metaphors to try and unpack and figure out, uh, which is a lot of fun to do. But at the core of it, we find the hope, the center does hold. The center is Christ. In him, all things hold together. In him, not even death can win out because he is the creative force and the recreative force of God in the entire universe and in our lives. The lamb standing as though it had been slain right at the center. And so when things look hopeless and when things look hard and when we think this is the crisis that ends it all and the world will never be the same, well, maybe the world never will be the same, uh, but this is going to take us all out and this maybe is the end. We need to be reminded that in him, all things hold together right at the center in the throne room of heaven is the lamb standing as though it had been slain and the center holds. Holds. 